Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, tonight we're talking about community, and I'm really excited to talk to you about that. And here's the main idea. If you get anything out of tonight, here's the phrase I want you to hear. You were made by God to experience his love through real community. You were made by God to experience his love through real community. And I'm going to suggest tonight that there's two sides of you, that there's two warring sides of you. One of the sides is your true self, your real self, made in God's image. That's the real you. And then the second is the fake version of you. The fake version of you is made in their image. Okay? And we have a decision to make, and I think we all do in this room, whether we are going to live the fake version of us or whether we are going to live in the real version of us. And I'm going to argue tonight that the real version of you will lead you, living in the real version of you will lead you to community and will grow community around you. And you will feel the love of God like you've never felt it before. I'm going to make that argument tonight. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain in all of this. I'm going to pray. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for the students. Thank you for these fifth graders that are in this room that are seeking you, that are saying, no, fifth grade isn't the end of my story with God. It is going on into the future. So thankful for that. So I pray for their, their night, that they feel comfortable, that they feel welcomed in this community, and that their experience in small groups um, has them looking forward to what the future has for them uh, in this church. And I pray for all these students that are kind of landing the plane on their year, that they finish strong, that they look at these relationships that they have in school and they don't take them for granted. And they look at the relationships in the community they have here at Element and they don't take that for granted either. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Tonight we are talking about Jesus. Shocker. Uh, John 17 is where we're going to start. And um, I know there's some people in here that are super familiar with Jesus, super familiar with Scripture. Awesome. There are some people in here, though, also that are super not familiar with Jesus or super not familiar with Scripture. Awesome. I've been there. I'm glad you're here. This is where you should be. So I'm going to cover our basis tonight. I'm going to cover our basis. Jesus was a guy who walked this planet 2,000 years ago. He healed the sick and he raised the dead and he claimed to be one with God. He said that if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. And he said that he was the true way to heaven. He was never vague about who he said he was. And he was shaking up the power system in the churches at that time because, see, the religious leaders were more dedicated to their image than they were to people. And people started following this Jesus, and they didn't like that. In fact, they hated him for it, and they wanted to kill him for it. So when they got their chance, they did and here's the special thing about this situation, is Jesus called how they were going to kill him and when it was going to happen, and that he would raise from the dead, and it happened exactly how he called it. Jesus was never vague about who he was. He said, if you've seen, the fa- if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So at this point, we have two options. Either Jesus was a complete lunatic, or he was God. And tonight we're going to approach his words as if he is who he says he is. We're going to approach this scripture as if this is God talking to us. We are going to approach this as if he is who he says he is. 
So tonight, we're in John 17, this is verse 20 through 23. And this is, this is a scripture you should know, this is right before he's going to be put to death. And he's praying this prayer. And it so happens that he's praying for us here tonight. And I'll show you that in a second. But with your last few words, you would think those last few words would be something important. And here's Jesus. Here's what he's praying for. Community. He's praying for a real, authentic community for you and I. That we would embrace God's love, know that we were made by God, that we are children of God, and experience that in community together. So this is John 17, 20 through 23. My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about the people he's with. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, saying the gospel is spread, the gospel is spread, the gospel is spread, to hear tonight. Those people, he's praying for us here tonight, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is powerful. He's saying, let that community be so authentic and so real with each other that people look at that community and say, my God, Jesus is who he says he is. He is that person. He is the Savior of the world. And he goes on. I have given them the glory that you gave me and that may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. He's just doubling down on this, that they would have real community, that they would have unity, that they would be together, that they'd be real. And then he lands the plane here. Then the world will know that you sent me. Once again, saying their community will show them, show the world this. But then he says, and it'll show them that you have loved them even as you loved me. That's powerful. So he's saying that community is going to speak volumes, but also the people inside of that community are going to experience the love of God like they've never experienced it before. In fact, they're going to experience it as if they were a child of God. And to say that the Father loves you like as one as only son is a powerful statement. It's saying that you are a child of God, that he is your father, that you were made in his image, that you were made for that relationship, that you were made for that community. But a lot of us have learned the hard way that we can be completely surrounded by people. We can be completely surrounded by people, but be totally alone. Let me rewind in your mind back to a moment where this may have happened. I want you to think right now, back to your younger years and your first day of school photos, and I want you to think about the most ridiculous, embarrassing outfit that you wore for one of your first day of school photos. And now that you've got it in your mind, turn to the person next to you and describe that to them from head to toe what that looked like. All right, now let the other person talk. Maybe some of you were like fashionistas, and like, I never miss a day, baby. Maybe that was you. That wasn't me. So here was mine. Here was mine. Now that you've shared yours, here was mine. Uh, spiked bangs, frosted tips, flame shirt, Guy Fieri style, and jeans that were eight sizes too big. Not good. I wasn't necessarily crushing it in sixth grade, right? Sixth graders, I'm sure you have much more style sense now. I'm sure, I'm sure you're killing it. But hey, think back to that first day of school where you were so insecure, you're like, okay, I'm gonna be who I wanna be. I'm gonna wear this Guy Fieri flame shirt and I'm gonna kill it today. And people are gonna be like, who's that guy? Um, 
But hey, here's the deal. When you walked in, you were surrounded by people, weren't you? And you felt completely alone. You, you walked in, you were surrounded by people, but you felt alone. And so here's the thing. We get told growing up that we can be things that we aren't, that we can create our own lives, that, that we can live our best life, or even more, that you be the you that you want to be. Don't listen to what anybody else tells you. You don't care about what anybody else thinks of you. You just be the you that you want to be. How's that going for you? How's that going for you, right? Because here's what happens. We first our taste, our, take our first swing at being who we really wanted to be, the spiked, frosted tips with the Guy Fieri shirt. But then people said we look like a dork. And then the loudmouth in sixth grade said you look ugly. Well, that lasted five minutes. And here comes the natural submission to others. The bully told you you looked ugly in that shirt. You changed the shirt. The jock told you you're the worst on the team. You quit sports. Parent told you that show choir is a waste of time. You hide your passion. If we truly, check this out, if we truly thought we were who we wanted to be, if we truly thought we were who we wanted to be, you wouldn't be as afraid of being rejected as you are. I wouldn't be as afraid of being rejected as I am if we truly were her who we want to be. So being who we want to be works for a little bit. But then a defense mechanism kicks in, and here's what we do. We start to construct who we want people to think we are. And then we begin building up this mask for our lives to pretend like we've got it all together, to help us survive the pressures of school social life, to trick people into thinking that we've got it all together. And here's the problem, because this problem turns into the big problem, because in that moment, you start walking away from the real you. And you start walking away from you being made in God's image. And now you are beginning to be made in their image. The fake you, the fake version of you is made in their image. Who are they? Good question. I thought of a few categories, and there's probably more. But here are some ideas. Family. Maybe you grew up with an awesome family. In fact, like almost too picture perfect to where you didn't have it all together and now you feel this pressure to be perfect so that you could make them happy. But the real you inside is dying under that pressure. Maybe you grew up and you just didn't want to see your mom cry so much. So you pretended like you had it all together and you got really good at acting. But the real you inside needs to cry too. Maybe you grew up without a dad and you didn't know who to look up to and you start to believe this lie that you don't have enough value in your life to have people pay attention to you. And so you start taking that out on other people and you begin to be a bully and you push that pain into other people's lives to take it out on them. But really, all you want inside is to feel value and for someone to notice you. And you begin to be made in their image. Second category, friends. 
Maybe the friends that you have currently are only your friends because you've given your life to be liked by them. And now you're catching yourself doing things that you never wanted to do at the sake of being their friends. And the real you inside is saying, this isn't me. This isn't me anymore. And maybe you have no close friends. Maybe you gave up on friends a long time ago. And you decided you weren't worth being liked. And you say you're okay. But the real you inside is desperate to not be alone. And you begin to be made in their image. Third category, your enemies. Maybe you've been bullied since third grade. And you either rolled over and you believed them or you became a bully yourself in retaliation. But on the inside, you don't want to hurt people. You just want someone to notice you. Maybe you've believed what they said about you in that Snapchat storm of lies. Maybe you believed what they said about you, what they texted about you. Maybe you start to believe that lie. And you bench the real version of you. And you begin this new life of the fake version of you. And in that moment, you begin to be made in their image. We craft a persona in their image. What do they want me to be like? What do they want me to look like? What do they want me to act like? This approach to life will work for a little while. But eventually it comes to an end one way or another. And you know that. There's a paraphrase of 1 John chapter 2, 16 and 17. I want you to read this real close. Practically everything that goes on in this world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. You've left that real version of you. It just isolates you from him. The world with all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on its way out. It'll fade. The fake version of you will eventually fade. But whoever does what God wants looks at the real version of them that's made in God's image as set for eternity. Listen. Rejecting the version of you that's made in God's image is setting you up for isolation. Take my warning on this. And you're battling against the real you that's made in God's image when you take up this fake version of you. And Jesus says, says these timeless words of wisdom. In Matthew 12, 25, he says this. A household divided against itself will not stand. You are a house divided tonight. The fake version of you and the real version of you. And since you are a house divided, you cannot stand. And you fall. And the fall leads you straight to isolation. And for a time in isolation, you think, well, maybe I'm just independent. I like it this way. This is actually the way I like it. But the real you is dying inside. If you're isolated, you might relate to some of these things. Anxiety. 
your stress, your worry, paranoid, you think everybody's out to get you, carelessness, you don't care who you hurt, doesn't matter anymore, rage, you're angry at everybody, everything, you find a way to throw a fit, apathy, you don't care about anything, you don't care about anyone, a lack of motivation, why get out of bed in the morning, why do that? A lack of organization. Your life's a mess. And despair. You have no hope. Actually, this list is compromised of, comprised of symptoms of prisoners who have lived in solitary confinement, published by PBS in 2014. Solitary confinement, by definition, is torture. Here's what I'm saying tonight. Living the fake version of you eventually leads to isolation, and isolation is torture. And there's a reason why it is so painful, because it has nothing to do with the Father. It has nothing to do with who you were made to be, and the relationships you were made to be in, and the community you were supposed to have. It has nothing to do with you being the real. I've got good news for you. God loves you so stinking much, he didn't want to let it end that way. And he knew that in your sin and in your insecurity, you would run and hide in a fake version of you. And that you would need a friend that would come to you, that would not leave you, and he would find you where you were hiding. One that would fill you up with value, where your value had been stolen. A friend that would return your innocence, where your innocence has been taken. And one that would set you free from pretending, because he loves you for you, the real you. A friend that would come for you and he dove right into your isolation that you're surrounded by. And he loved you so much and he put so much value on you that he proved it as he's being nailed to a cross. He proves it. And hours before, he prays. And in this prayer, he says, God, give him community. Give them a community where they can be real and authentic and honest, where they don't have to pretend anymore. And God, people will see that and they will go, my God, Jesus is the savior of the world because that person is different. Those people are different. And God, don't stop there. Show them that community. Let them live in that community and let them be completely overwhelmed by how much you love them because they'll see that when they're in that community. And that community, my friends, is here. It's known as the church. It's not a building. It's a community. Element is not a building. It's a community. A place where you don't have to pretend a place that chases away isolation like a rat in the kitchen. A place where you can be the real you and you get pulled from the hole of despair. 
And once you embrace this hand of community, you will experience the love of God like you've never experienced it before. And I'm so confident in telling you that because that's my story. That's me. I know firsthand. You were made in God's image, not their image, to experience his love for you in a true community. So tonight I'm challenging you to take a hard look at the way you've been living a fake life, the way you've been hiding, the way you've been submitting to bullies, the way you've been bowing down to friends that aren't your friends, and to break free from that version of you and embrace the community that Jesus died to give you, the church. There's a proverb that sums up everything we've been talking about tonight. This is Proverb 18, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. A fake version of them and a fake version of community. A house divided cannot stand. A fall into isolation, into ruin. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that friend is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He walked straight into the isolation of humanity, experienced the isolation of humanity, and saved you from the isolation of humanity. And a friend who will never leave you or forsake you sticks closer than a brother, that you may never feel alone in a crowded room again. Leave behind the fake version of you. It leads nowhere. Embrace the real version of you. It leads to community. Because you were made in God's image to experience his love through community. Pray with me. Jesus, this, this was so important to you that you spoke in the final moments of your life about it. That you prayed for us here tonight that we wouldn't fight with each other. That we would not bully each other that we would not take advantage of each other, that we would not hurt each other. But God, we would look at this community and we would protect it like it's a family. God, that we would look at this community and say, this is where I can be real. This is where I can be the true self that God made me to be, made in God's image, not their image. And Jesus, there are so many students in here I know that are so far into the fake versions of themselves, they don't know if they'll ever get out. And I pray tonight that you allow them to see your hand reaching down for them, that you allow their hearts to feel the distance you would go, that you would be nailed on a cross, and that same spirit that rose you from the dead is willing to come to them and help them. Jesus, give them courage to step into the real version of them. And God, help them embrace a community where they can be real. Give them the courage to not believe what bullies have said about them. Give them the courage to not believe the lies. Give them the courage to see in these honesty, honest, honest moments the community that they truly need that the things of this world, the wanting, the wanting, the wanting of us to be popular, of us to be liked, of us to be the kings and the queens, that's all fading. 
but God, if we step into the real version of us, made in your image, God. That we would see you. God, I pray this next song that we sing isn't just a song that we sing without heart in it, but that we express our hearts, that we reach to you, and that we look to you. That it's not just an empty song, but that it would help us direct our hearts to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This next song that we're going to sing, I just talked to Ransom earlier today that I just wish we could sing this every week for the next five years until we've all internalized what it's trying to tell us, what we're actually singing, the words that are coming from our mouth, that if you could hang on to this truth, it would change your life. It would change everything about your life. And there's three things I want to draw your attention to in this next song. You are who God says you are. You are made in his image. You are his child, and he died to save you. You are not made in their image, you're made in his image. Second, who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you need Jesus Christ in your life, if you're sitting here tonight in the pit of despair and you need a hand of God to reach down to save you, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Third, in the Father's house, there's a place for you. And I want you to hear that. In the Father's house, that implies a place where a family would be. That implies community. In this community, fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, high schoolers, there's a place for you. 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 This is what Jesus prayed for. This is what Jesus died to save. Don't sing this song empty-hearted. If you need to close your eyes and like just focus, do it. If you are being a distraction to someone beside you, stop it immediately. I don't want you getting in God's way and what he's doing here tonight. From the depths of your heart, sing this song. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.